The previous mission introduced us to the carbon chagiga, which was a carbon which was often brought together with the carbon pesach, so the one would be able to eat the carbon pesach in a state of being filled up and satisfied. And we learned in the previous Mishnah that only if, let's say, there's a very large group of people, so they're not going to be able to eat a lot of the carbon pesach itself. So in a case like that, they would bring a Korban Chagiga as well. Now we also saw in the previous Mishnah that although when it comes to the Korban Pesach, there are certain prohibitions which the Korban Pesach overrides, such as Shabbos, and there's also a unique halacha that if the majority of the Jewish people, or if the majority of the Koyanim, are Tomei, then even though in general a Tomei person cannot bring the Korban Pesach, in that case they can bring the Korban Pesach. Nevertheless, that only applies to the Korban Pesach, but the Korban Chagiga may still not be brought if they are in a state of Tumah. Now, this Mishnah continues to discuss the differences between a Korban Chagiga and a Korban Pesach. Chagiga is a bomb and at Tzayin. The Korban Chagiga could come from Tzayin, which refers to both sheep and goats, and from other cattle, such as cows and the like. And the Mishnah explains what exactly does the term Tzoyin mean, min ha'kavosim from sheep and from goats. Now, why exactly does the Mishnah repeat from sheep and goats, if that is the definition of the word Tzoyin? So some explain that I would have thought that preferably one should try to bring a common chagiga from other animals, but not a sheep or a goat. Because as we're about to see, the Korban Pesach had to be either a sheep or a goat. And since the halachas of a Korban Chagiga are different to the halachas of a Korban Pesach, I may have thought that ideally one should bring a different animal, so that he would know for sure which one is the Korban Chagiga and which one is the Korban Pesach. And so that's why the Mishnah emphasizes that no, even ideally one is allowed to bring a sheep or a goat as the Korban Chagiga, even if it will mean that they might get mixed up with the Korban Pesach. The Korban Chagiga can be either a male animal or a female animal, even though the Korban Pesach itself has to be a male sheep or a male goat. And finally, the carbon chagiga may be eaten for two days and one night. That is the halacha for every carbon shalomim. And the carbon chagiga is considered a type of carbon shalomim. So they will be able to eat it for the rest of the 14th day of Nisan, for the rest of the era of Pesach, for the night of Pesach, and for the day of the first day of Pesach. Whereas the carbon Pesach has to be eaten, of course, only on the first night of Pesach before midnight. Now the Rambam adds that if the Korban Chagiga was eaten together with the Korban Pesach on the first night of Pesach, and it was brought to the table together, so then we would become concerned that it might become mixed up with the Korban Pesach, and in that case, even the Korban Chagiga can only be eaten up until midnight of the first night of Pesach. Mishnah hey, the Mishnah focuses on a machlekes between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua concerning Torah Mitzvah, when he makes a mistake surrounding a particular mitzvah. And there are two different ways to understand the machlekes between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua, and really, there are two different versions. According to one version, if one performs a mitzvah, but by performing that mitzvah, he also, by mistake, does an avera. And that avera is accomplished with the exact same action as he performed the mitzvah. So, according to be like Eliezer, he is liable for having violated an avera. But according to be Yeshua, he has a special leniency. And that is Tabid by Mitzvah, also Mitzvah, Potter, one who performs an Avera by doing a Mitzvah. As long as he actually performed the Mitzvah as well, he is exempt for the Avera. Since he was only brought around by doing the Mitzvah, and he was busy within the Mitzvah, trying to perform the Mitzvah, so if he ends up doing an Avera on the side, although Lechat Chila, ideally it is forbidden, but he ever, once he has done it, it is, he is exempt. According to the second version, Yeshua applies this leniency even if he didn't actually perform the mitzvah itself, if he didn't fulfill the mitzvah. As long as he was trying to fulfill the mitzvah, and he did the action which would make him fulfill the mitzvah, 
It's just that because of this mistake which he makes, he ends up not even fulfilling the mitzvah at all. According to the second version, even in that case, Rabbi Yeshua would say you're exempt, since the reason why you violated the Avera is because you were busying yourself in the mitzvah. It's considered a result of the mitzvah, and you would not be liable for having performed that Avera. And with that, the mission tells us, A Korm Pesach which was slaughtered, not Lishma on Shabbos. We learned earlier on that a Korm Pesach needs to be slaughtered, and some of the other processes of the Korm Pesach need to be done Lishma, which means that you have the intention that this is for the sake of a Korm Pesach and not any other Korban. And if the person doing it does not have this intention, then the entire Korban is considered invalid. So if somebody slaughters a Korm Pesach on Shabbos, but not Lishma, so the Korm Pesach is not considered valid. Now, slaughtering overrides Shabbos only for the Korban Pesach. If you slaughter an animal and it's not going to be considered a valid Korban Pesach, so you have now violated Shabbos. And therefore, if somebody does that on purpose, then he is Chayv Kores. If there are witnesses and he's warned, it could be he's even Chayv Misa. The basin would kill him. But the mission is talking about a case where it was done unintentionally. For example, he didn't realize it was Shabbos, or he didn't realize this was forbidden on Shabbos. Be it as it may, Chayv Alav Chatos. He would be liable to bring a carbon chatos, just like anybody who unintentionally violates Shabbos. What happens if somebody had a different carbon, which he slaughtered for the sake of a carbon pesach? So it was designated to be a different carbon, for example, a carbon shlomim, and once it was designated for that, it can't be used for any other carbon. But when he slaughtered it, he slaughtered it with the intention of it being his carbon pesach. Now the way we're going to explain the Mishnah is according to the second version of the Machlokes to Nibelezer and Yeshua. And that is that even if the person does not fulfill the mitzvah, as long as he was involved in trying to fulfill the mitzvah, that is enough to exempt him if he violates an Avera whilst doing so. However, even according to Yeshua, that you would be exempt in that case, in Elon Ru'uyin, if the animal which you slaughtered was not fit even to be bought as a Karim Pesach, a Karim Pesach has to be, as we learned in the previous Mishnah, a male sheep or goat, that also has to be less than one years old. So if the animal which you bought is your Korm Pesach, thinking that it would be, you would fulfill your obligation of the Korm Pesach with that animal, if that animal wasn't even fit to be a Korm Pesach, so then even if you're sure I would agree that Chayev, you'd be liable for having violated the Navera, because it's not considered to be involved enough in the mitzvah, because it's totally not fit to be used for the mitzvah. On the other hand, if the animal which you bought is fit to be bought as a Korban Pesach, it's just that in this case it can't be because you designate it for something else. So Rebeliezer says you are liable to bring a Korban Chatos because he holds that Toabid Var Mitzvah, one who makes a mistake and mistakenly violates an Aveira whilst trying to perform a Mitzvah, or even when performing a Mitzvah, he would be liable. However, Rebbe Yeshua says that he is exempt because it's considered as part of the involvement of the Mitzvah and Torah B'dvah Mitzvah, Potter. Now these two Tanoim start to argue out their points. Omar B'liezer, B'liezer said to, tr- to try and prove his point that Torah B'dvah Mitzvah is Osir. If a Korban Pesach, where it is permitted to slaughter a Korban Pesach on Shabbos if it's done Lishma, but nevertheless, when he slaughters it not Lishma, we saw in the beginning of the Mishnah that he is liable. He has violated Shabbos. Zvochim, other korbanos, shein asurin lishman, which are forbidden even ideally to slaughter them lishma on Shabbos. There's only a special leniency for Karm Pesach that it can be slaughtered on Shabbos. So kishashina is shman, when he changed their lishman, when he slaughtered it with the intention of a different korban, in adin she'echayev, is it not all the more so, is it not kalvachimer, that he should be liable for having broken Shabbos? Omar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua said back to him, Loi, no, it's the opposite. Because as we be sure, the whole concept of Torah Mitzvah is that it depends on your intention. 
don't know what you actually did, because it's true you did an Avera over here, which you would generally be hired for. But it depends on your intention, and therefore, if you're talking about a carbon pesach, in that case, he changed the intention, and he has the intention to slaughter it for the sake of a different carbon. So his intention is to slaughter it for a carbon which cannot be slaughtered on Shabbos. So in that case, we said Yochayev. So you want to say the same thing would apply to other carbonos? Shishin on the Dover Mutter, where he changed them, he had the intention to slaughter them for the sake of a permitted carbon. For the sake of a carbon Pesach, which can be slaughtered on Shabbos. So in that case, his intention was to do something permitted, and therefore he would be exempt. Omar Abeliezer. replied to Rebbe The limbs and the fats of public carbonos will prove my point. It is permitted to slaughter carbonos tzibur, public carbonos which are bought for the whole of Kali Israel, and not by an individual, for example, the carbon tomid that was bought for everybody. So it's permitted to do that on Shabbos. It's even an obligation. And the halach is that if somebody designates a animal to be a personal carbon that he's going to bring for himself, but then he goes ahead on Shabbos and uses that animal and slaughters it for the sake of a particular public carbon, for example, the carbon tomid. So this is a very similar case to our case. You've got a carbon which cannot be used for this public carbon, but your intention when you do it is for it to be valid for that public carbon which is permitted. So your intention is to do the permitted thing. And yet the halacha is that the lishman, one who slaughters a, another carbon which cannot be bought, but he slaughters it with the intention of bringing it for the public carbon, chayev. He is liable for having broken Shabbos. So it's a proof against Rabbi Yeshua, because we see that even if his intention is to change it to a carbon which can be bought on Shabbos, he is nevertheless chayev. At the end of the day, it's invalid, and he didn't have era. Omar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua said back to him, you can't compare the cases. Because just like we said earlier on in the Mishnah, that if somebody brings a carbon which is totally a wrong animal even, which cannot be used for a carbon Pesach. So there we don't consider it to be making a mistake within the involvement of the mitzvah, because it's not even considered part of the involvement of the mitzvah. He shouldn't have made a mistake. It is not in the category of Ta'obidvar mitzvah, of making a total mistake whilst being involved in the mitzvah. So Rabbi Yeshua says a similar point over here. No, you can't compare the cases. If you said that that is the halacha when it comes to bringing the carbonos tzibur, the public carbonos, that if somebody has the intention to bring it as a public carbon, he is chayev. Why? Because there is a fixed amount of the public carbonos which needs to be bought. It's a very small amount, and it's not considered really a mistake within the involvement of the mitzvah if somebody brings the wrong animal. There's only a couple of animals which need to be bought anyway. It's not even considered to be in the category of a mistake. So that's why in that case you said Yochayev. Does that mean you can automatically say that Torah about Pesach? Can you say in it when it comes to carbon Pesach? Where somebody slaughtered a different animal with the intention of it being a carbon Pesach? She'en kitzvah, there's no fixed amount to the carbonous Pesach which need to be bought. Everyone needs to bring one. Everyone's very busy finding an animal, processing it. And so there you're more likely to make a mistake. So if you do make the mistake, it's considered within the involvement of the mitzvah that the mitzvah would exempt you from having violated the Avera. Now, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says that Rabbi Eliezer's proof doesn't even begin. Because even one who slaughters the animal, which he designated to bring as a personal carbon, and he slaughters that on Shabbos with the intention of it being the public carbon, even in that case, Potter, who would be exempt, although there's a fixed amount and he shouldn't really make a mistake, if he does make a mistake, it is still considered to be within the involvement of the mitzvah, and a total mistake according to Rabbi Meir, and therefore he would be exempt according to the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, really, that Ta'abud Mitzvah is exempt. So Meir really agrees with Rabbi Yeshua, just takes it a step further. Mishnah we learned in the previous parak 
that if somebody slaughters a carbon Pesach for a Chabura, a particular group of people who are sharing an animal for the carbon Pesach, if none of the members of that group are able to eat a Kazayas of the carbon Pesach, for example, they're Tomei, or they haven't got a Brismila, or they're old, or they're ill, then the carbon Pesach is invalid. But if there are some members of the group, at least, who can eat at least the Kazayas of the Korban Pesach and fulfill that obligation, then the Korban Pesach is considered valid, even if there are members of the group who won't be able to eat it. So it follows, therefore, that If somebody slaughtered the Korban Pesach on Shabbos for a group where the entire group is not able to eat a Kazayas of the Korban Pesach, or he slaughtered the Korban Pesach for people who are not appointed and are not part of that group who designated that Korban Pesach, Again, it will be invalid, if he did it for a group of people who haven't got brismilov, or if they are Tomei, in that case, Chayev, he will be liable for having broken Shabbos, since the Korban Pesach is invalid, which means that the slaughtering was forbidden. However, if he did it for a group of people, where some of them can eat, some of them can't eat, if he slaughtered it for the sake of people who are part of that Chabura, that group, as well as for people who are not part of the group, if he did it for both people who have got brismila and people who haven't got brismila, not to him, not to or for tar people and tommy people, the point is the Karm Pesach is considered a kosher, valid, and therefore Potter he is exempt because he did not violate Shabbos. And what happens if Shachotoy somebody slaughtered the Karm Pesach, and then it is found that he actually had a wound which can be seen from the outside of the animal? We've got a mum, and therefore it's invalid to be a carbon. So that means, again, when he slaughtered it, the slaughtering was forbidden, and therefore Chayav, he would be obligated to bring a carbon chatos if this was done unintentionally. However, Shechotah, if he slaughtered it, when he went to trefer baseser, then it is found that this animal is considered a hidden trefer. A trefer is an animal which has an internal wound, some sort of internal injury, which means that the animal will die within a year. That animal is considered a trefer and forbidden to eat and forbidden to bring as a carbon. So that means that the slaughtering was also forbidden. However, in this case, Potter, he is exempt from bringing a carbon chatos because this was beyond his control, and one only brings a carbon chatos for a shoigeig, if it was unintentional. But if it was totally accidental, and he could never be able to do anything about it, then he is considered totally exempt. Shechotah, what happens if somebody slaughters a carbon Pesach on Shabbos, and then Venoida it becomes known, that the owners and the members of the Chabura of this carbon Pesach pulled their hands away, meaning they left the group. One is allowed to leave the group until it is slaughtered, and it comes out that everybody left the group when it, before it was slaughtered. So again, the animal is invalid. It's not a current Pesach because it's not being slaughtered for anybody. Or if the owners, the members of the Chabura died, or they became Tomei before it was slaughtered. So in this case, once again, although it was possible for him to find out whether they're still alive and still part of the group, it is still considered to be an oinus, something totally accidental and out of his control, and therefore Potter, he would be exempt from being a carbon chatos, because he slaughtered it with permission, and he's not responsible if it ends up being that it was done for nobody. So it's true again that the carbon is invalid, but he won't need to bring a carbon chatos, since the avera was done totally accidentally. The seventh parak of Psachim continues to discuss the processing of the Karim Pesach, and more specifically, once the Karim Pesach has been brought as a korban, once the process in the Beis Hamikdash has been done, how exactly does it need to be roasted by each individual group, and what are the various laws associated with that? Now the Torah prescribes that the Karim Pesach needs to be roasted. It can't be cooked in water, it can't be cooked in any other way, it has to be cooked only from the heat of fire. Says the Mishnah, Kate said, How does one need to roast the Korban Pesach? 
They bring a spit made of pomegranate wood, so a large stick, and they push it from within its mouth until it comes out of the hole in the animal's bottom. So you'd have this animal, the whole animal on this big large stick, and the animal would be, be facing downwards, meaning its face and its mouth would be at the bottom, so the stick had to be thicker and wider at the end where the animal's mouth was, so the animal wouldn't slip down the stick. And then they would roast it on in the, in the fire. Now the reason why it had to be specifically pomegranate wood is because when it comes to other wood, some moisture comes out of that wood when it comes in contact with fire. And the Torah says specifically that the Koran Pesach cannot be cooked by water, or by any liquid, so the liquid would contribute to the cooking of the Koran Pesach of the animal, and therefore it's forbidden. And the reason why you can't use a metal spit is because the metal would become very hot, and the metal would end up cooking the animal as well, the heat of the metal, and not the actual fire. Now, ends of the mission with another Machlekes, the Torah says that the entire Koran Pesach needs to be roasted together. Rishal Kroal Val Kirboi its head together with its knees, together with the inside, the parts of the stomach. It all needs to be roasted together. So according to the first opinion, one then puts the knees and the parts of the intestine or the stomach and all the bits which are being cooked, he puts that inside of the animal. So after he's made a hole with the spit, so he places these things inside of the animal and cooks it with that. That is the opinion of Rebbe Saglili. However, Rebbe Akiva says, there's a problem over here, because the parts which are inside the animal will now not be being cooked directly by the fire, rather the outside of the animal will become very hot, and it will end up heating that which is inside the animal, or at least contributing to that cooking. And says Rebbe Akiva, who's there? That's like cooking the Koran Pesach, not by roasting it with the fire. If so, how can he fulfill the Pasuk? of cooking the entire Koran Pesach together, rather he should tie these limbs, he should hang them off of the same spit outside of the actual animal, so where the head of the animal is, push that further up onto the stick, and then place the other limbs on the stick, so that it's all being burnt together on one stick, even though the limbs will not be actually inside of the animal itself.